Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. And as always, thank you for being a listener and checking us out. If you wouldn't mind doing us a favor and going to wherever you listen to us, leave us a rating and a review. It definitely helps us out. And Katie and I were discussing off the show about some of the things that therapists have been kind of historically taught as far as subjects to avoid talking about in therapy. And I seemingly have found that this kind of boils down to don't talk about religion unless you're a religious person, a rabbi, a priest, something like that. If it's an area of your expertise. And also I've heard for a very long time, don't talk about politics. And if you've been anywhere on earth in the last three years, <laughs> you've probably found that a certain politician set of politicians have been coming up in therapy sessions and we wanted to you know talk about Donald Trump in therapy and so we decided that we were going to come up with an episode that's going to be huge so <laughs> this it's is going to be the best episode ever the, the best <laughs> only the bestest episodes we are not going to bring low energy to this episode <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> so if you thought that this was a space where you were going to avoid Donald Trump, well, you're just going to not have that. So as evidenced by the episode title, <laughs> actually, this really <laughs> did just start out as, Katie, we should do an episode called Donald Trump in Therapy. Mm -hmm. And this is not about him in therapy. This is just more about clients in their discussions of it and how we should really navigate it. But I'm curious for you, Katie, over the last couple of years, how has this played out in your therapy room? And I think we've talked about this on previous episodes, but right after the election, I had a woman survivors of ch childhood uh, sexual trauma and abuse group that was running. And the next day or a few days later when the, the group met, it was powerful. It was a powerful conversation about misogyny, about fear, about all the different pieces of things that seemed inevitable based on the election results. And it was a, a group of folks. Most were probably more Democrat or left leaning, but there were there were, uh, you know, there was at least one group member who was not. And so it was an interesting conversation. And I felt like navigating it was something that 
I felt very cautious about, but it was actually in that session when after I'd you know kind of provided the whole group with an opportunity to discuss it that I put out kind of my ideas and and what I thought about it as best I could with my own response to the election that was happening and the clients responded back very favorably letting me know like hey wait a second this is awesome like most therapists are not going to actually talk to us about their own perspectives on it I tried to stay as as neutral and helpful as possible not getting into my deep emotional response to the election but I found that that actually became more connecting for the group and uh, more more of a join and a rapport building thing for me. More recently, with you know some of the different things that have gone on, I've had individual clients who have brought this in and kind of how they're looking at what they want to do, how they want to take things in. I've had people that have talked about the fear they have based on their specific you know kind of demographics on on what's happening to them, as well as people that are just feeling very hopeless about whether it's about the world, you know, like the world's going to come crashing down and, and, you know, get destroyed because we're, we're not addressing climate change as dramatically as we were hoping to, but also people who are just very I don't even know what the right word is. I think just really d- disgusted by human nature or, or you know, kind of how we're interacting as society. So it's been very present. And some of it's been more about just this is what the world is about. So it's been very present. And it's, it's not necessarily even about specific political things. It's been more about what society is. And I feel like my, my clients have become more informed or more vocal about their positions and about their perspective than they have been before. And so, so that's my, you know, my experience of it in a not so tiny nutshell. What's been your experience of it? Cause I think we, we have, you know, me being female and you being male, there's going to be different things. We have different client populations. So how has it showed up for you? I've had some of the very similar right after the election responses that you have. And this is something that has, for some clients, continued to be an ongoing discussion over the last couple of years, just about politics and nature. And some of the things that have gone on just in the news and whatever the news item of the week is, and at least at the time of this recording, is there's discussions of impeachment inquiries. I'm sure that over the next year up until the next election, this is going to be something that continues to come up even more and more. I've seen a couple of different, really fascinating things. I've seen some of these groups that have been marginalized in the past, whether it's immigrants, whether it's people from the LGBT community who have really talked about kind of the personal nature of what's going on in politics and just Mm -hmm. kind of this fear. And I've also seen this really weird thing where I've had people on the intake phone call identify themselves as Trump supporters Interesting. in almost this way of testing out what the reaction is going to be and whether or not that they're going to be accepted into therapy. And this is something that I think that this is kind of the first time that I've really even talked about this aspect. But what I find so interesting about it is that I've never before heard somebody outside of a racial or ethnic group or a LGBT client 
identify something so strongly in an intake phone call as a core piece of their identity and really needing that aspect validated or tested out as, is this going to be a, a safe space for me to discuss things that are going on? Even when the reason for referral is outside of political identity. So this is something where I've navigated those discussions well enough that those clients have oftentimes felt the the ability to come in, the ability to be accepted. I have never heard somebody on an intake phone call be like, I'm a Bernie supporter or I'm a Clinton <laughs> supporter. So I don't really have a a comparison group. And this is, you know, Los Angeles, which is a yeah. largely blue bubble within a blue state and is potentially kind of I don't know, everybody assumes that everybody's a Democrat unless there's reason not to, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have that comparison group to really hold with this. Yeah, I think that I've heard from in different Facebook groups and in different conversations that I've had that in largely red states, there are folks who might do the opposite, right? So there's there's a need, it sounds like, from your experience, because I don't know that I've experienced this, but there's been a need that you've identified based on some of these conversations that people need to feel like they'll be accepted for their political views because it has been so central in the conversations that we're having as a society, at least in the United States. But I'm sure that there's probably folks in the UK that are talking about whether or not they supported Brexit. And, you know, like there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure that there's stuff that is just so toxic and, and divisive and stuff that's happening that people feel like if I'm going to go into this space, I need to be able to know that my therapist is not going to either be trying to change my mind or judging me. Mm-hmm. So I came across this research article. It's called Patients' Perspectives on Political Self-Disclosure, the Therapeutic Alliance, and the Infiltration of Politics into the Therapy Room in the Trump Era. Mm-hmm. And this is done by Neely Solomonov at Delphi University in Garden City, New York. And obviously, this is a relatively recent article. I think it's published in 2018. And he had a following article uh, that kind of references back to this. Both of these were published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, and we'll include these in the show notes at mtsgpodcast.com. And what these identified is, and there's some limitations on this study, but out of an anonymous survey of therapists, 87% of therapists reported that they discussed politics in session. So this rule of don't discuss politics in session largely been thrown out. Seems like everybody's doing it. (laughs) 63% reported political self-disclosure with 21% of the entire population of this study explicitly saying, here's my political views and 42% implicitly applying, which I fully have identified my political views to certain clients and from all aspects of the political spectrum that some of my most long-term and best therapeutic relationship clients are pretty politically opposite of me. But when it comes to things that are ways of discussing it in the therapy room have really added to the conversation as far as being able to take different perspectives. And I'll come back to that a little bit later in this episode. Going back to this study, though, is 
therapists who reported shared political views with a higher percentage of patients and those who explicitly disclosed reported stronger alliances. And this looked specifically at the Clinton-Trump election and goes on to say that Clinton supporters reported a significant observed pre-election, post-election increase in political discussions, increases in patients' expression of negative emotions, and decreases in positive emotions. Trump supporters reported the opposite phenomenon. Mm. 64% of clients in this assumed that their therapist was a Democrat, and 38% of Trump supporters assumed that their therapist was a Republican. And perceived similarity in political views was related to the strength of the alliance on both sides of the spectrum. And this is really largely the first quantitative study that's really looking at where political ideology fits within the therapeutic alliance. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. So our brand here at Modern <laughs> Therapist Survival Guide, what we teach at our Therapy Reimagine Conference is to be very much out there about what your brand is, about who you are, what it's like mm-hmm. to be in a relationship with you. Politics is creeping into this. It's so interesting because I think when you talk about this alignment of political views being seen by therapists as more aligned, did they also ask patients? Is that, I mean, what's the, was it just as far as I said, tell, I felt more aligned? <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's, it's therapists only. It's not looking yet at patients. Because I think, I mean, we know that, that, therapists can have a different impression of the relationship and of the efficacy of their treatment than patients do or clients do. I think thinking to a recent conversation with a, with a client who is politically aligned, it did feel like we were more connected and that that was something that was important, that we were able to talk about these things and become very philosophical about them. But I wonder if there is the risk, and I'm just thinking out loud here, but I'm wondering if the risk could be that there's an over-identification and an over-assumption if there is a lot of alignment between therapist and client, if that's a risk. Because I think there's times when I'm talking to my clients who I see as aligned, I still try to hold back and kind of understand their perspectives because even if I'm a Democrat, my client's a Democrat, we can be different 
levels of progressiveness. We can be, we can have different views on specific things. And so I think there's still this piece of making sure that you're not forcing your own views in there when they're not relevant to the work. And you are absolutely in agreement with another article written by Barry Farber. (laughs) Aren't I smart? (laughs) Uh, So this is a 2018 article called Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right, Politics and Psychotherapy 2018. Oh, wow. (laughs) And Barry Farber has written quite a bit historically about therapist self-disclosure and This article really does navigate kind of the sensitivities that we as therapists need to be able to have about this and being able to navigate what some of the discussions are. And in Katie and my work and the presentations that we do, we really talk about this idea of clients wanting to present information that they'll find the therapist to be agreeable with. And that if this is something where there's a differing political viewpoint, that it is something that you need to handle extremely carefully. Mm-hmm. And because this can happen in, in really subtle ways. For example, if a client's like, so, you know, you're, you're mad too about that thing in the news, right? That's just kind of this seemingly innocuous <laughs> little thing where if you're not conscious of it, you, you just find yourself agreeing to things that you might not know about. And yeah. this is really where you have to be on your game as the therapist of being able to reflect what it is that the clients are looking for and not just jump into agreement to move the session along. So you're continuing to foster a real therapeutic relationship, not just something where it's kind of at this discussion level, sort of agree to agree sort of therapy. I think another piece that jumped out for me, and this is something that I try to be very aware of because I feel like I'm, I'm definitely a therapist that focuses on the relationship. And it can be very comfortable as a therapist to sit and chat with a client and try to understand their perspective and help them, quote unquote, process their feelings about the news of the day. But if it gets into just a, conver- a philosophical conversation, it may or may not be what your client needs. And I think being able to identify what your client actually needs in the moment, what the, the, the purpose is of the conversation, I think that's really important. I think another part that I was thinking about as well when you were talking was this idea of recognizing that your experience is different than your client's experience. So not mm-hmm. even just assuming that you have the same political ideologies, but also recognizing for me as a white cis hetero woman, I am going to have a different experience than my clients of color, my clients of different sexual orientation or gender. And so I think it's something where being able to really create a space to discuss what's happening and recognizing your own experience, your own bias, all those things, I think could be very, very healing. And I've, I've found myself very consciously trying to understand and not make assumptions while also validating and reflecting back what I'm hearing them say versus saying like, oh yeah, I'm sure you're really scared right now. You know, I think it's, it's something where we can also try to say, hey, I understand your experience because I've, I've been learning about it, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's that piece of really, and maybe this is just deepening the point I said earlier, but just this really very cautious approach to this kind of a, a conversation because it is so 
I'm going to use the word central again, and it is so deeply impactful for a lot of people. I think when therapists get really overbooked, when they're exhausted and burned out, and the only people they're having conversations with are their clients, I think there's a risk that we will sink into these conversations because we need to process what's going on. Right. And I think that becomes very, could be potentially damaging. I mean, I, I don't think it's always damaging, but I think it could be very potentially damaging if we're working out our own ideas about this stuff with clients versus in conversations or consultations with other therapists or supervisors. And I think that that's really the permission that we need to give ourselves is even in our consultations or our ongoing supervision of being able to process kind of what your political reactions are mm -hmm. in that relatively safer space of consultation and supervision. So that way it doesn't creep into the client sessions. And where I first saw this was there's a quarterly meeting of agency directors and educators here in the Los Angeles area. It's called the LA consortium. And the immediate meeting after the 2016 election, this largely became the topic of discussion amongst supervisors of how the reaction to the election was creeping into supervision at the time, and really about the intersectionality of supervisees who were having responses to the election, the reactions of clients having reactions to the elections, and really helping to kind of move this discussion forward of yeah, we're all going to have reactions to things. And we can't be having our reactions with the clients while they're having them, that we need to be able to do our own work outside of the therapy room. But that doesn't mean you don't discuss it either. And this is something where even this week in one of the classes that I'm teaching at a master's program here is I brought up in teaching just transference and counter-transference activities, I had people take a moment to just kind of notice within themselves of what their what their body was doing, what their emotional reactions were doing. And as just teaching kind of that self-awareness, I said, now notice your reaction when I say Donald Trump. And about <laughs> half the class just about jumped out of their seats. It was just really talking about like, I spend so much of my time trying to avoid this and this is being brought up. And I said, you know, this is stuff that comes up even in sessions and you're going to have your reactions. And this is sometimes what people come into therapy talking about. And I think it's only going to get more and more and across more and more different topics as social media continues to be pervasive in our lives, as the news cycle continues to drive things. I'm starting to hear more and more of my Generation Z clients have anxiety about climate change and any of these bigger political topics that are debated politically are things that are really going to continue to show up in your therapy practice. And you need to have a plan for how you're going to address not only your political views, but how you're going to discuss that with your clients. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. 
Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. I have mixed feelings about what you're saying. I agree that we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the clients and giving our clients what they need. And I think we need to be doing our own work. I'm thinking about, and I've been following an Instagram, and I think they have other stuff too, but an Instagram called Decolonizing Therapy. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But it's, it's something where I I, when you were talking about that, I started thinking about one of the posts that was saying really about this idea of therapists being so disengaged to try to protect the client as being more of a Western ideal. And, and it's just very interesting because I think that there has been feedback I've gotten when I've had a legitimate reaction in session, not necessarily about Trump or, or the election or those things, although I think I probably did have some, I allowed myself to kind of feel into the moments when I had clients that were experiencing things too. But I've had times in session where when I've actually had a reaction and it it was a legitimate reaction, it wasn't an out of control reaction. It wasn't a reaction where the client had to take care of me, but where I had a legitimate reaction to something and and processed how I was coping with that and and what what was coming up for me and those kinds of things in that moment, in that relationship, clients told me that they felt more connected to me and it felt more real than a therapist that stays blank. And obviously these, you know, it's not black or white, it's not blank or completely emotionally engaged with your clients and and letting them know all of your political views. But I think that there is a a reality in a relationship that we need to be aware of because some clients would absolutely hate a therapist that starts talking about how disturbed they are by climate change, for example. But other clients may feel invalidated if the therapist doesn't engage in the conversation at all. And mm-hmm. so to me, I'm, I'm curious about how to assess that. I think for me, I feel like it's more instinctive. I'm instinctively saying, how is this client responding? I'm trying to really watch cues, trying to make sure that I'm not feeling that I'm getting more out of the session than the client. But I think that there is something about legitimately engaging about what's happening in the world and allowing a little bit of, of your true reaction, not your curated reaction to be in the room. But I don't, but I, but it's still, it's, it's a newer thing for me to think about. I've been really, really interested in the, in the, the work that decolonizing therapy has been talking about because it, it's really, you know, kind of challenging some of my assumptions. So, so anyway. Um, Completely agree. I also absolutely love decolonizing therapy and, and just some of the ways that it challenges me to think about things. I mentioned earlier about a client who's kind of very politically, not necessarily completely opposite of me, but we have discussed over the last several years just some very differing political viewpoints and the way that it shapes largely this client's reactions to the other people in his life. And the discussions that either come up or don't come up around his ideas of the way that the world works. And this client has expressed to me over time that part of where he actually wants me to discuss our political differences is because it's done so in a respectful way and helps to really validate what he's thinking while still challenging it much in the same way that we're talking about seeking out things that put us outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, it actually helps him to, gain different perspectives and to be able to 
see how other people in his life are looking at things. But it takes patience. It takes a lot of trust to go into this and a a really, really solid understanding of what the process of the discussion is, not necessarily just the content of it. And I think for us to avoid talking about things that are controversial outside of the therapy room is exactly what you're saying, is that it takes away from some of that authenticity and takes away from what the treatment process really entails. And this is something that I'm using as an example of. It's not just let's talk about it when we agree, and it's not just we have to argue about it if we don't. I mean, it's, it's not Facebook group. Like This is <laughs> something where we can, we can have these complex conversations with clients when yeah. it serves their needs. Yes. When you're talking about that, I'm also really reflecting on this notion of wanting to challenge the political views of people who have very opposing views. So like when you said that you're seeing Trump supporters, I was imagining myself thinking like, ooh, would this be an opportunity to correct them? <laughs> that was like the most, the, 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 the initial just like quick, like, okay, <laughs> like here's my opportunity to change the world one person at a time. And I think being able to step back and have those respectful conversations is actually more impactful anyway. But I think that there is that for those of us who are advocating and who are activists and want to make a difference, having someone with an opposing view sitting in your office, that could be a a little bit of a conflict of interest if we're actually saying, I am going to try to correct this person versus going into what you're describing, which is this really rich, complex conversation that's thoughtful, it's respectful, and it can give your client an opportunity to understand something in a safe space where they are able to dig into their their beliefs, be able to kind of formulate their thoughts, and maybe be able to engage in discourse outside of the room with people they don't agree with. And so I think for me, that idea is exciting. And I think certainly I I don't know that my, I mean, obviously right now my political views are very clear, but I don't know that that's something that I'm you know, shouting from the mountaintops in my social media or those kinds of things. I think there's specific things people know what I'm, I'm talking about. But I think there is an opportunity like you have to, to, to be able to navigate those conversations and the intake calls around how do we create these spaces to have conversations for people who are really looking at, critically looking at their perspectives and want to have a safe space to discuss it. So I think that's just really interesting. So I think to kind of start moving this to a summary is you can't avoid it. Whether you are completely, you know, traditional psychoanalytic to uh, very, very open and out there and, you know, clients know almost everything about you, that what comes into your room is what comes into your room. And I don't think that there's anything that is really off limits anymore. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode about spirituality. I have clients who talk about spirituality and what it means to them Mm -hmm. and from all different religions. And I've had clients who actually call and and identify specifically to see if I can, you know, interact with them around their spiritual beliefs or lack of spiritual beliefs. So, so 
I don't think that there's any topics that we really should expect to shy away from. And I think that that's something where part of this is going to be informed by your theory. Part of it's going to be informed by the setting that you work in. If you know it's a very short-term sort of thing, you're not going to have the long and lengthy relationships that I have with this particular client that's mm-hmm. going to allow things to unfold. That some of this is going to be shaped in a lot of different ways. Just because you work with kids doesn't mean it's not going to show up <laughs> in your room. Totally, and absolutely not. Uh, I do have a an article that speaks to that, even from kind of this psychodynamics uh, standpoint. Of it's called "Clinical Encounters with Children in the Trump Era," and we can just put that in the show notes. We're not going to get into that here as well, but really in this aspect of yeah, when a cot says follow the client and. Mm-hmm. That's really what your job is. And engaging in this kind of discussion for the benefit of the client is ultimately what the goal is. And that's really where you have to watch what your countertransference reactions are in not letting that take over things, not letting that be the ideals that you push on to a, a client. Be aware of your own reactions to things. And being able to use that to help foster your client's progress. And I want to add the thing that I'm experiencing is that the more I'm informed, the more I'm able to engage in these conversations. Obviously, asking questions isn't horrible in a situation, but I think therapists staying informed and understanding what's happening in the world and having a sense of how this might be impacting people and then showing up with curiosity and openness for whatever the client brings, I think is helpful. I think if, if we're not informed, if we're not really staying educated on the issues, I think it can be hard to, to keep up with our clients sometimes. You can find our show notes at mtsgpodcast.com. While you're there, you can poke around, see some of our other episodes as well as any of the wonderful things that Katie and I are doing, having, coming up. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Renoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.